Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about what happens when the government needs to modify a solicitation. And this podcast is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. All right, let's get started. Government contracts are not always static. Contracts are, I mean, they're living documents. They're trying to get a thing done and that thing sometimes changes a bit. And and solicitations, government RFPs, are the same way. They're not etched in stone forever. They may adapt to what's happening. When the government needs to change a contract, it's called a modification. When the government needs to change a solicitation... It's not called a modification. It's called an <laughs> amendment. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? Yeah, different words for what seems to be the same thing, but it's not. Before we get into how and why, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Dominic Rios. Dominic is an active duty contracting officer with the Army. Uh, he's currently stationed in, in Bavaria, Germany. I want to thank Dominic for joining the contracting officer podcast group on LinkedIn. Is when folks like Dominic join our podcast group, we can learn like who's actually listening. <laughs> and thanks, Dominic, for telling us how he uses our podcast. This helps us learn more about how to make the episodes as useful as possible. And if you're not in the podcast group, uh, go on LinkedIn, search the groups for Contracting Officer Podcast Group, and hit the request to join, and Amber will let you in. All right. Thanks, Dominic. Back to our topic. What is an amendment? An amendment is not a modification. <laughs> I mean, it is. Day. It is a modification. It's a change. It's, it's not the same as a modification. Right. It's called an amendment. An amendment is a change to a solicitation, and it's not proper to use the term amendment when describing a change to a contract. And I, I remember having that conversation and annoying the crap out of people when I was a contracting officer and by telling them, <laughs> no, no, it's not It's it's not a, an RFP mod. It's an amendment. Who cares why? Anyway, it's a different word for a reason. It's covered in the FAR, FAR 15.206, titled Amending the Solicitation. This concept of amending the solicitation shows up throughout the FAR. It works in roughly the same ways, but for today, we'll just keep it in FAR Part 15 because it's got a a much more detailed explanation of how this is different than than changing the actual contract. But understand that FAR 15 is not the only place this applies. And FAR 15 is? Contract by negotiation. The big stuff, the more complex stuff. 15206A says when, either before or after receipt of proposals, the government changes its requirements or terms and conditions, the contracting officer shall amend the solicitation. Right? Government can't change what they want to buy or how they're going to buy it and not tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the lesson here is if you're going to change what you're doing, you got to tell industry. So shall, what you tell them is you amend the solicitation. Yeah, shall amend the solicitation. 15206B Amendments issued before the established time and date for receipt of proposals shall be issued to all parties receiving the solicitation. So everybody gets the amendment before proposals are submitted. 15206C tells you what to do after proposals are received. Amendments issued after the established time and date for receipt of proposals shall be issued to all offers that have not been eliminated from the competition. And by eliminated from the competition... We usually mean if there's been a competitive range determination. 
What this means is after the proposals are received. So if we say proposals are due on January 1st, whoever submitted a proposal on January 1st, if we amend the solicitation on January 3rd, yep. you didn't submit a proposal on January 1st, you're, no, you're, you're by definition eliminated from the competition. It might be after competitive range, it might be after other stuff. The reason it doesn't get into the specificity is it's like if somebody's eligible to compete, i.e. they gave you a proposal and you amend the solicitation, you gotta tell them. The way this plays out is you don't actually have to post it publicly anymore. Because if you didn't submit a proposal and we're past the proposal due date, you're no longer an interested party. And if I post it to you, all of a sudden you're going to start sending me all kinds of stuff. Right, right. That makes sense. The details of what needs to be in the amendment are, are, are listed out in paragraph G of 15206. Yeah. It's a, it's a prescriptive list. Most of it is pretty basic stuff. Like Correct. You have to include what solicitation number you're actually amending. The important thing to include is if there is a revision to the solicitation closing date, the proposal due date. That's important to, uh, to get out there. Yes. That's the, that's the first thing people scan looking for. Uh, you mentioned paragraph G. We're going to jump back, talk about a couple of the earlier paragraphs again. We did A, B, and C. Paragraph D of 15206 tells the contracting officer that if a proposal of interest to the government involves a departure from the stated requirements the contracting officer shall amend the solicitation provided this can be done without revealing to the other offers the alternate solution proposed or any other information that is entitled to protection. This is super important. And I don't remember this being in the FAR in the good old days back when I was a contracting officer, but it tells the government, if you get something that you want to buy, you shall amend the solicitation if you can do it without screwing up the whole competition. Yeah, and this is a great example of communicating with industry after RFP drops. Because that, again, this is a thinking job, right? So the fact that they use the words, if a proposal of interest, which define that, right? Uh, involves a departure from the stated requirement. What's departure mean? It's like, there's a lot of judgment calls in this. But if, the, if in other words, if, if the, your customer, the government's customer says, I didn't think they would do it this way. This way's better. Can we change the solicitation to make this this way a better evaluation criteria or something like that? There's lots of ways you could deal with this, but all of those are judgment calls. And you're right. I don't. I didn't, they didn't use this as much as a contracting officer. It was not worded this way uh, when I was a contracting officer, uh, but it does specifically say as long as you don't go outside of the lines. And the lines are clearly stated here in FAR 15.207, which basically says you protect proprietary information, and 15.306, which says that you can't treat contracting off the contractors differently after, you hear me stressing that, after receipt of proposals. Yeah. That's where we are here. We're after receipt of proposals. Now you have to treat them equally. So there's a whole rabbit trail <laughs> that we're not going to go down today that, that is in, in this particular part of the FAR. Paragraph E of 15.206 takes you on a different route. If, in the judgment of the contracting officer, based on market research or otherwise, an amendment proposed for issuance after offers have been received is so substantial as to exceed what prospective offers reasonably could have anticipated, so that additional sources likely would have submitted offers, had the substance of the amendment been known to them, the contracting officer shall cancel the original solicitation and issue a new one regardless of the stage of the acquisition." That is a mouthful. So to say it simply, if you're changing the solicitation so much that some people that didn't submit a proposal 
would have, or conversely, some people that did submit a proposal wouldn't have. If it's such a big change, you need to start over. An amendment isn't going to fix it. And to add to that, you remember a few minutes ago, I talked about the, you have to notify somebody who's already submitted a proposal of the amendment, which means if you didn't submit a proposal, you don't get a notification of the amendment. Well, here's that scenario playing out where yeah. if you didn't submit a proposal and that only the people that submitted a proposal get the amendment, but the amendment changes the evaluation criteria so much that different companies would have bid. This is the FAR telling you, look, dude, you got to start over <laughs> because you're not even telling the people that you changed the evaluation criteria who probably would have bid anyway. Yep. Again, yep. thinking job. All right. Last thing, and then we'll get out of the FAR for the moment. Paragraph F says, oral notices may be used when time is of the essence. The contracting officer shall document the contract file and formalize the notice with an amendment. So if something is critical to get out there, you can call the offers or tell them at a conference, whatever you need to do. You can say, there's going to be a change. This is what it's going to be about. This is the new solicitation due date or proposal due date. But you can't just say it. You got to write it eventually. You have to actually it, yeah, issue the event- Yeah, eventually. As soon as possible, I'd say. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. All right. When in the acquisition process does this happen? Time zones? Where I, time zones time is what I was going to say there. Acquisition time zones. This is during the RFP zone. So what we're talking about here is an amendment after the release of the solicitation. And if you've listened to the acquisition time zones episodes, you know that the RFP zone begins when the solicitation is released. Yeah, so by, by definition, the amendments are happening during the RFP zone. Now, if we were talking modifications, like we did in previous episodes, modifications occur during the execution time zones. This is the the performance zone during contract performance, right? So amendments during the RFP zone, modifications to the contract during the performance zone. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we cover those in episode number three, and then execution time zones are in episode 372. We also talked about Contract, what is a contract modification in episode 120? All right, government folks, there are a lot of things that can drive the need to for a change to a solicitation, for an amendment to a solicitation. The first is, is clarification. When the offers read your solicitation and get working on their proposals, there may be things that are unclear to them that are important enough that everyone needs to understand them clearly, right? It may be about your evaluation criteria, your evaluation process, the the proposal requirements, right? The proposal writing instructions, or it could be a clarification of the requirements. It could be about past performance requirements. Yeah. Yeah, Those questions that you get from industry during the, after release of the solicitation, all those questions you're getting, the way to fix those is to clarify them is through an amendment. You may also need to amend the solicitation to fix an error, right? Make a correction. And and that that's another very common. I think clarifications and, and corrections are, are the most common. It's it's difficult to write a, a a a very large, complex RFP. Yeah, complex, difficult. Those kind of go together, right? <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, it's yeah. I, I've done small ones that I still manage to screw these up. Right. So. It's 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 pretty common that that when industry dives in and 
starts to write their proposal, they find things, and the government says, "Yep, you're right. We we missed that one here. We're gonna we're gonna clear that up. And issue an amendment." Yeah, we talked about that in, in the fresh like the fresh air test. Like when when you release it, it's like you've exposed it to fresh air, and industry is gonna see stuff that surprisingly you didn't see because you've been staring at it for right. a month or whatever. When there is a change in the requirements of what you're asking a contractor to do, this is where an amendment gets serious. This is where you have to start to consider how big is this change? Like we talked about back in far time, does this change impact the, the landscape of offers, whether, whether more people would have proposed or some people that did propose wouldn't have proposed your change could, could have impacted the bid, no bid decision that industry makes prior to, to putting in all the time and energy to write that final proposal. Or does the change favor one offer over another or perceived <laughs> to favor one offer over another? That's a change that that will be noticeable and, and will probably cause additional questions. Questions or even even protests, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> if, if you make a change and all the offers can look at it and say, wow, that means that Steve's going to win this one, right? That's going to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, if, if suddenly the requirement is you have to have a patent for this particular software or this particular technical solution, or you have to have have served eight years in this agency and be a retired enlisted, you know, like when you start to see that specificity, you know, that, that's when people's spidey senses start to go up. Yeah. You may also need to amend the solicitation if you change your acquisition strategy. If, if you're changing like the contract type, for instance, if, if it was cost plus, something and now you want to change it to time and materials or the other way around, that could be a big enough change that, that you need to cancel the whole solicitation and start over, right? That that's something that may seem minor, but could cause a huge change in who proposes and how, right? If you go to, from a time of materials to a cost plus strategy, there may be contractors that don't have the accounting systems that aren't able to do cost type contracts. And those kind of changes as a contracting officer, I didn't always see the impact of them right. uh, because I hadn't done it from that side. Right. And then now that we see it from both sides, something like changing from three years of experience required to five years in theory, that's not a big deal. But what if the person that they had intended, they, the, the offer had intended to, to use for this position has 3.2 years of experience. Now they got to go find a new person. That's not easy, regardless. It's particularly not easy in the job market we have right now, right? So it, that's a, an implication that, oh, this isn't a five-minute conversation for the contractor. This, this could derail their whole strategy. And, and then, like, like you said, changing the contract type, TNM, going back to that one, let's say you change it to TNM after you've released the RFP. Well, for some companies, TNM is where they want to be. But if they hadn't bid, they wouldn't know you changed it to TNM. So that goes to that issue of some, but well, they would have been if they'd known it was T&M. So now you have to cancel and start over. And so yet yeah, it's a rock in a pond. <laughs> you have to be careful how, just how big of a rock it is. Yeah, those ripples spread. It's important to think about how much time industry needs to respond to your change, right? If, if they're in process writing their proposal, it's one thing. If they've already submitted their proposal, it's, it's, it's an even bigger thing. It's not a change to proposal. It's it's almost a new proposal in some cases. The best way to find out how long it might take to respond to this change is to ask industry. Ask them whether three days is enough or whether they need five or whether they need two months to change their proposals. 
Part of it comes down to how late in the proposal process are you issuing this amendment. The later it is in the process, the more time you may need to give offers to recover, right? If they haven't written much of their proposal and you change something, they might be able to complete it in roughly the same time. If it's two days before the due date and you change something that causes a major rewrite or a major pricing change, oh boy, right? They're going to scramble and you're going to get a bunch of non-compliant proposals as a result. Pricing is something you always have to recognize. If you have really complicated pricing instructions, which sometimes the government does on FAR Part 15 acquisitions, sometimes even on other acquisitions, the government asks for a whole lot of pricing detail and backup. That can take more time to update. And I'll take it even further. If you have even a firm fixed price, even a firm fixed price contract for a commercial service, when you ask a contractor in June, how much will it be to do this? And then time goes by, you submit the proposal, lots of things have happened. Now it's like October. Things may have changed for them. Their overhead rates may have changed. They, they may have had a growth spurt. Things may be different. And now for them to give you the same price because you changed the requirement, it, it might be a 10 minute conversation, but it might be, well, wait a minute. We've hired 10 new people since then. And this person's not available anymore. Inflation may have skyrocketed since then. <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, the things that I thought were static, especially when I'm working with small businesses, they, they're not. I mean, if they hired five people and they went from 20 to 25 people, their risk profile changed, their overhead rates changed. So even if it's a firm fixed price commercial service and you say, hey, can you reprice this by tomorrow? <laughs> They're going to freak out because that's really hard and maybe not even maybe not even possible. Yeah, it, it could could be a huge challenge. So government folks, consider whether you're asking for a minor tweak that just requires text updates or is it is it a redesign from an engineering perspective? We had one solicitation where they asked for this. I'm I'm just going to genericize it. This this piece of machinery that had two main parts. Consider it like two tires on the car, right? So you design your system around two tires, and then with a week to go before the proposal due date, they said, "Oh no, we we only want it to have one tire." Okay, well that's that's not just oh just just take one out. That's a complete re redesign of the whole system, right? It was all ba built around two tires, and now now you only need one. It's a whole new proposal, and to the two tire design, it wasn't tires, of course. That's just my weird example. The two tire design we'd been working on for months before the solicitation came out because that's what they were signaling the whole time is we want the two-tire design, right? And then, oh yeah, it's a week to go. Um, just just give it one tire. No, no, that's not how it works, right? They ended up canceling the whole procurement because it was such a, a huge change that industry couldn't respond in time. And this is the kind of stuff that as a contracting officer, I didn't have context on what it took to go from something as big as two-tire design to one-tire design or something as small as just, change, just update your pricing. Both of those can be heavy lifts because, again, I didn't I didn't know any different. Yeah. When in doubt, ask. Industry will tell you what it'll take, right? They're not going to tell you longer than required because they don't want to give their competitors any more time than necessary. Right? Yeah, well said. That's yeah, a good point. Just, just ask. All right, last thing, government folks. Don't change the solicitation after you've released it just because you realize that you're 
preferred vendor is not going to win. I mean, we, we all know the government has companies that they hope submit a good proposal and win this thing, especially in FAR Part 15. Bigger competitions are usually familiar with the offers. They have a favorite, human nature. But if you realize afterwards that oh, if we change these things, then Steve would win this one, uh, that's a bad situation to be in because all of the non-Steve offers, the non-Steves, they're all going to submit protests or at least a couple of them are going to submit. You're going to get protests is the point if you, if you make it uh, so that you're favoring one vendor over the other. And I don't know why I chose to call that vendor Steve. It's a you know person, not a company, but maybe there's a company called Steve. The bigger impact of that is there are agencies that have a reputation for doing that. And as a result, people don't bid with them. So it is bigger than just them protesting. All right, industry folks, be sure to track solicitations on the SAM.gov contract opportunity site or whatever tool the government used to release it. Be sure to track for amendments. It's up to you to find them. Once the government releases it on there, they don't have to call you and tell you, be sure to check for amendments. Right? <laughs> exactly. They're not going right. to hold they, your hand. They may be hoping that some people don't check it and submit non-compliant proposals <laughs> so they don't have to evaluate so many things, right? But it's up to you to pay attention. Make sure you're aware of amendments. Also, be sure, once you get the amendment, be sure to review the entire amendment. All of the changes may not be apparent. Right. Use that compare feature in software to, to compare the previous document with the, the amended document and think through how the changes you see impact every section of your proposal, not just the section that, that's relevant to the, the, the part of the solicitation that was changed. Right, It could ripple through everything. Yeah, a proposal is it's a spider web and you start pulling on one side, the other parts of the spider web are going to move. Yep. Industry folks, <laughs> when there's an amendment... Get to work. It probably means that there's more proposal work remaining than you had planned for. It never seems like they extend the proposal due date long enough to really do a good job with these amendments, especially when they come late in the cycle. And if for any reason you have more time than you think, they extended the due date by five days and you didn't need that much, be careful not to get sucked into that endless uh, revise and improve cycle, right? Just Get it updated, review it, call it done, take a nap. Sometimes the reason that's relevant is the contracting officer might just extend the due date by a couple of days because somebody asked or you know, whatever. And the requirement didn't change. So you're done. So to your point, Paul, going back and, oh, we have two more days to review it. Oh, they gave us two more pages. Let's add some more blah, blah. It's right. like, no, that's not making it better. <laughs> so there is, there's an, again, it's proposal writing is a thinking job too. <laughs> it's like you have to think through, has this amendment impacted us enough that we have to actually change our proposal or it was good enough and we were done anyway. Industry folks, you may be able to influence an amendment to the solicitation, but we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Waiting until after the solicitation is released is super late in the game, right? Your best chance to shape an acquisition is during the market research zone or or even the requirements zone. Or very, very early on is your best chance to get a solicitation written that favors you. The, the lesson here is that there are four acquisition time zones, requirement zone, market research zone, RFP zone, and selection zone. This is the third of the four. So as a contracting officer, when you come to me and say, hey, can you change this to make it a small business set aside? And I'm thinking, there were two entire zones before we got here that you could have brought that up. And now you're bringing it up? Yeah, 
no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change. Nope. Solicitations out. You had your chance. Yeah. So to your point, Paul, it's, you can get them to change it, but it, it's not the best place to start. It's more work for everyone, right? If, if the whole solicitation has exactly. been reviewed and approved and released, if people have already started to, to write proposals, oh boy, more chance for, for protest too, that you're favoring someone. And speaking of things we favor, podcasts that take less than 30 minutes. So let's wrap this one up. Okay. The rules for amendments are different than the rules for modifications. When they happen, who can get them? It's, it's a different process, yeah. but it goes back to the basic element of this is a living document. The, the solicitation, until it's closed, until proposals are submitted and we're done evaluating them, this could be a living document. And if you're going to change anything about solicitation, an amendment is how you do it. A seemingly simple change can ripple through all or, or many, most parts of a solicitation. Yeah. So government folks, be sure you review carefully before you release the amendment. Make sure you're not creating inconsistencies by only changing one part of it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen amendment come out and shortly thereafter, there's another amendment to amend the amendment to fix the inconsistencies that an industry found <laughs> once it was released. Yeah, I probably did that too. And, and, and second one for government folks is it, things take longer on industry side than you probably imagine. Yeah. Because you, it, it seems like a simple change that you're making. Something as simple as, as the, um, the weight of the product or the speed of the processor. That sounds like, oh, yeah, it's just an update. It, it might be bigger than that. So just be aware that, and, and to your point, Paul, ask. Ask them how much more time. Have mercy. <laughs> Industry folks, like I said before, be sure that you're watching for amendments. There's no requirement that the government confirms that everyone got the amendment and, and understands it. Although I have seen the government on, on big proposals make sure that everyone is aware, you know, actually notify people that it's out. They don't have to. So make sure you're paying attention. You <laughs> when when it's in their own best interest. <laughs> right, right. Make sure you get the amendment. Make sure you read the whole amendment and think carefully about how and where it impacts your strategy and your proposal. Like you said, Kevin, amendments can cause a lot more proposal work than expected, than either side expects. Yeah, either side. Yeah, so make sure you take the time to think through the impacts if you're the government before you release the amendment and for industry when you're first reading the amendment. If you need more time, tell the government right away, hey, three days is not enough. Can we get five? It's very likely that they chose three semi-arbitrarily. It may be easy for them to give you five. It may not. And the last thing I'll say about this whole concept is don't try and amend your way to a good RFP. The best way to do this is we talk about this all the time is communicate with industry communication between industry and government happening before the RFP releases. It's so much easier. It's, it's much less regulated. That's the right term, more open communication. Like in case we really didn't get it right in the last two zones, this is how we can fix it. I'm raising my hand here. Don't make this your plan to fix it. <laughs> it's like the, the strategy of, well, we'll fix it during RFP release with amendments. Oh, that's, it's more painful. Yeah. That's a pretty solid way to wrap this one up, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll see you, Paul. All right. That's it for today. We have this episode and our other episodes organized into topical playlists. You can find those at skywayacq.com slash COP for Contracting Officer Podcast. 
Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.